This is your favorite podcaster, Romina, and you just tuned in to RM Podcast FL. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to RM Podcast FL. I hope everybody's having an amazing and a phenomenal day. Doesn't matter if you listen to this Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Sunday. Hope you're having a great day, first and foremost. <laughs> now, today's guest speaker actually is Jeff Kulasik. And this is a very interesting story, you guys, because I connected with Jeff via LinkedIn. And actually, whenever we got on the call first, because I do like an introduction call with my guest speakers to make sure our goals align, when he started telling me about his story and when he started telling me about how he unfortunately was in a car accident, hit by a drunk driver at just 23 years of age and how he had to pretty much rebuild himself, learn how to walk, how to talk, how to eat, everything from scratch... I just feel as everybody should listen to his story because sometimes life throws us curveballs that we don't even know what to do, but we take so many things for granted sometimes that even walking a mile or being able to walk or talk normally, we take it for granted. So today's episode is strictly based on how to rebuild your life, how to stay positive, and Jeff says it on the interview himself that without the support of his family or his friends, he would have never been able to be where he's at right now. I don't want to spoil the episode, you guys, but I definitely want you to tune in. And I definitely want you to look into Mothers Against Drunk Driving, M-A-D-D. If you can somehow contribute to them, if you can somehow help them out, that would be an amazing cause, which I'll attach the information on the detail notes as well. Mothers Against Drunk Driving, M-A-D-D. Jeff is um, on the advisory board for the Kansas location for MADD, so definitely look that up. But before we do jump to the episode, I do have a news for you guys. We're actually bringing the Northeast Florida Negotiation Club. It's official. It's open. We do have schedule for August, which is going to be every Wednesday at noon for four Wednesdays straight at noon. It's four 90-minute sessions that we're doing with practice on negotiation and practice on negotiation skills. If you want to learn more information on that, definitely hop on the website, www.rmpodcastfl.com. You'll be able to find the information there, or you can absolutely connect with me on LinkedIn, and I'll be able to provide you guys more detailed information if you like that. But without losing any time, let's dive into today's episode. Don't forget to give us a five-star review, the short comment, and tell us how awesome we're doing. And if you are listening from... Kansas, Ohio, and Missouri, go ahead and connect with Jeff. He does practice financial services, you guys. He would absolutely be able to help you out on that area. So enjoy the episode. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and investing your time to RM Podcast FL. Just like I mentioned on the bio, today's guest is Jeffrey Kulasik. Hi, Jeffrey. How are you today? I'm doing great, Mamina. How are you doing? I am good. Thank you so, so much for being a part of this podcast. And like we say on the other episodes too, we have a high variety of our guests and we try to touch topics uh, towards business and life, how to overcome obstacles. And the topic that we're going to actually touch today, it's very different. I'm, I'm very happy that we connected together through LinkedIn to go ahead and explore a little bit more in here. But I'll pass on the mic to you, Jeff, if you can just uh, tell us a little bit about you, introduce yourself to the audience so they have a better understanding of your background as all. Okay, thanks, Romina, again for having me on. I appreciate it. I love your podcast. I've been listening in the last like seven or eight of them since we uh, connected on LinkedIn. So um, you have a good podcast, and I always love listening to it. 
Yay, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot of different variety and a lot of different people on it. You get a lot of different perspectives. And I love I love the ability of different people with different ideas because they're always growing. And that's the key, I think, to life is be able to grow. Um, whether you agree or disagree with some of the perspectives is up to you, but that's what I love it. A little bit about myself. I'm from Kansas, right in the Midwest, so not as attractive as Florida. You know, I don't get that lovely beach weather right now. It's pretty snowy and icy, so I would trade anything to be in Florida. <laughs> but yeah, so I grew up in Kansas, Oakland Park, uh, Johnson County area, which is right near Kansas City, uh, Missouri. So Kansas City, Missouri has been growing the last five, 10 years, which is really nice. So I went to school in Oakland Park, way at the area, you know, played all the different sports. Then I went to KU. So went four years to KU from 2010 to 2014. I had always wanted to be a doctor from a very, very young age. I wanted to actually be an orthopedic surgeon. But as we'll go in for the detail, I'm pretty sure uh, I, my dream was kind of cut short, if you will. 2015, I was actually involved in a car accident where I was hit by a drunk driver going anywhere from 75 to 100 miles per hour. Um, if anybody's interested, they can obviously go online, look up my name, and actually see the video clip itself. Pretty horrific. You'll see it. Um, but anyway, so after that, it took me a few months of recovery in terms of inside of a hospital, inpatient rehab, and I went from wheelchair walker to cane to now walking without any kind of assistance, which is really good. But instead of being able to become a doctor, I kind of had to switch gears. So I now actually am a financial advisor. I've been doing that for a little bit over a year, and I love it. Get to help people, not like a doctor, but still get to help people in a different way and a way that's still very beneficial to, to them and to myself. I really find a lot of enjoyment in being able to help people. So before we jump into the details and go over a little bit more, uh, you are a financial advisor, but we are located in Florida. Can you just mention the states that you're licensed on? So any of my listeners, they are located in those states, they can absolutely get a hold of you too. Yeah. So as of right now, I'm licensed in Kansas, Missouri, and Ohio. I can obviously, you know, obviously get licensed anywhere, but as of right now, Kansas, Missouri, and Ohio. Perfect. So all my listeners from Kansas, Missouri, and Ohio, if you do need help with a, with a financial advisor, do need to connect. Jeff is the right guy for you guys. And let's go a little bit more into the video because last time we talked, we I actually went ahead and Googled your name and I was like the, the video itself, it's it's from the traffic light and you can see like your car splits in half. Uh, do you remember anything from the, from the accident itself? So no, which is, which is very good. Um, because obviously if, if people do see it, I know that you saw it, mm-hmm. it, it would be very uh, traumatizing to, to have been able to remember what happened. I don't think I'd be able to drive today. I mean, I know for a fact I wouldn't be able to drive today. That would, I'd be scared out of my mind. The only things I remember, I remember the weekend right before it happened on a Tuesday night. So I, w- I remember like Saturday and Sunday, like three, four days before. Mm-hmm. And then I was been induced coma for about three weeks. So from March 10th to about April 1st, I was induced coma. So really from March 8th to about April 1st, I don't have really any memory of anything that people have told me in the video that I saw. I see. Tell me a little bit about like... How did your life change? Because not only you had to pretty much learn everything from the beginning, like you said, and this is also a cool fact about you because your your therapist actually right now is your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come to find out, so she at, at the time she was she had just graduated from uh, Arkansas, um, so she was kind of in her internship rotation, and I was actually one of her first patients that she ever got to see. So she was my speech therapist. She helped me learn how to talk and drink again and eat again, which obviously I love food. So thank goodness. (laughs) And I love to talk. So I mean, she's, she pretty much made my life, but uh, nothing happened until about a year after the fact 
when we actually rekindled back in the hospital lunch cafeteria room. Um, I got to talk to her a little bit, got her phone number, and you know, three plus years later, now we're married. She stuck with me. So, <laughs> So that's kind of the silver lining from it too, I would say. <laughs> so that that's definitely silver lining. You know, we wouldn't have met any other way. I don't think there's any chance. So um, I'll take it. You know, it's 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 worth a little bit of pain, you know, physical pain if uh, it's eternal happiness. So. How did your how did your mindset change, or what was like you would say the the biggest struggle that you had to go through towards because you had to pretty much press reset button. How, how, did you ever feel like giving up or not learning how to you know start over? Who, like, how was that process for you? So, so yeah, great question. Again, it was my 23rd birthday. March 10th, 24th, 2015 was my 23rd birthday. You know, at 23 years old, you think you have the world. Like, you, there's nothing you can't. I mean, for the most part, there's exceptions, of course. But, you know, young 23-year-old, you know, I was in one, one of the best places I could be. You know, I, I just, I was, I was given a lot. Um, I had great support, family and friends. You just think you can do anything. Obviously, I was graduated KU. I was trying to be a doctor. I was looking to go to med school. You know, I played all different sports, um, athletic. I love to play golf in my free time, tennis in my free time, pick up football, you name it. So my mindset was, you know, it's just, it sucks. Like, you don't expect that kind of thing to happen to you almost at any age, let alone at 23. So when I first woke up from the induced coma, um, I looked over and I saw my mother and she was crying hysterically. You know, being in a hospital gown, or at least a hospital environment, I was thinking you're seeing you know, a family member that was, you know, a little bit older, maybe having struggles, something just happened. I thought we were there to visit them, but come to find out it was actually me. Mm. So when you're 23 years old, hospital gown, you can't move or really feel your legs, you think the ultimate worst. And that's what I thought. But again, my mother reinforced me, the doctors reinforced me, said, hey, you know, it doesn't look great. Obviously, you're not doing much now, but Keep working with us. Keep giving over time. Your feeling will come back. Your movement will come back. Just, it's going to be an effort. It's going to be a lot of grind, but you can do it. So, initially was was distraught, not knowing what could happen. But the reason my mindset quickly changed was the amount of support I got from my family and friends. Uh, my mother was there with me ten, twelve hours a day, literally doing whatever she could to make sure, you know, I had good support and good good encouragement. It's just. You know, my friends would come before work, come after work. But when you get that kind of support, you know, you feel like you can do anything, even though as bad as, as grim as it looked. Um, I realized that if I can get that kind of support now, when I'm at the ultimate worst point of my life, then, you know, I can do anything. So, yeah, the support that they gave me was the main reason to, to push forward. Would you say that this also, like, made you grow up in one way or another and just be more like see world from a different lens I don't want to say more experience necessarily but just view world from a different lens because you were in induced coma for three three weeks I mean not like people don't just go on induced coma and come <laughs> out feeling the same like I don't know right. what they're feeling like but I doubt that's the case right now and you're exactly right you know I, I was really a positive guy I mean, to begin with uh, just growing up again Great family, friends, you know, life, life, life's fun. I mean, I wasn't really an adult yet, I guess, if you will. So you know, I was still 23, so still learning things. But yeah, just the things you take for granted, and not saying you personally or individually, but just people in general, things they take for granted. And I still do today. I try really hard not to as much as I used to, but there's still things you do every day that 
you don't realize like how easy it is for you now, but if something happens to you or something goes wrong or you can, everything can just change literally in the blink of an eye. Um, you know, breathing, walking, talking, eating, drinking, you know, driving cars, socializing with people, you know, getting out and doing things, playing sports, whether it's walking long distance. I mean, it took me probably up to over a year or at least nine months, I'd say, to actually walk probably about a tenth of a mile. I mean, that's something you can do. I mean, without even thinking about it, you can do it almost every day. It literally took almost nine months to a year to be able to walk nine tenths of a mile. Nine, nine tenths, but eight tenths of a mile, you know, probably a couple hundred steps was, was a pain and a nuisance for me to do and get up and do, and I was exhausted. Little things like that, just the people around you in your life, you know, not that I try to take for granted, but it's just, you know, people that are there for you in your worst time, those are the people that have always been there for you and always will be there for you. So just their friendship, the little things in life that you begin to appreciate a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. And then what I want to touch base a little bit is because not only you kind of had to press the reset button for this, but you're actually, as of right now, you are on the board of Mothers Against Drunk Driving, which is a nonprofit organization. So you're trying to educate the the young generation too, or anybody out there, really the effects of drunk driving. Can you tell us a little bit more about this nonprofit organization that you're a part of and what is their actual mission? Yeah. So, and, and I guess to correct a little bit, so I, I think I told you that. So I'm on technically on the advisory board of Kansas. So it's, it's an extension of obviously the mad board, but not the actual mad board board, I guess, if you will. But uh, with that being said, so I'm on the advisory board of Kansas. So it's a group of about seven or eight of us. And we have a liaison or a connection that kind of helps sets up events such as speaking to high school. Um, I've been to different high school, kind of just showing my video, kind of speaking um, about my experience, kind of speaking about, Hey, you know, your young kids, it may not happen to you. You know, you obviously 16, 17 years old, you know, you, even though it's illegal, you still want to experience those kind of you know, parties out. You know, it's just things like I understand people want to have fun, but you got to be conscious. You know, I'm not here to tell people to not drink or to drink. I and mean, obviously if you're a baby, you know, you just got to be smart about that. So Mads mission, if you will, and again, I don't know verbatim, but it's pretty much just to stop, you know, drunk driving, death, stop drunk driving injuries, trying to make it zero. You know, there's too many people, and I, I sent you, you sent me an email, and I'm sure you'll go over it, but the DUI facts, the amount of people that are hurt per day or killed per day, it's, it's just really, it's a very preventable crime that really doesn't need to be done, and that somehow, even with all the Ubers and taxis and lifts and different, you know, transportation, friends, family, other alternatives you can take, just somehow we end up doing it in society. Just, the mission is to cut it out, stop it, um, 100%. Get to speak to uh, I get to speak to DUI offenders as well. So court mandated people that level of offense it is, I get to speak to those people and tell them, hey, probably wasn't your intention to hurt somebody or do this, but I'm lucky because I'm alive, but I know talk with people that lost level to this kind of stuff. And that is so true, though, because like I, I was looking up a line and I did pull, pull up some DUI facts, which I think this numbers and this facts are crazy. About one in three people will be involved in a drunk driving crash during their lifetime. Every day, 20 people die as a result of drunk driving crashes on average. It says uh, car crashes are the leading cause death for teens, and about mm-hmm. one third of those are alcohol related. Um, alcohol impairment among drivers involved a total uh, crashes in 2010. 
was four times higher at night than during the day. And I mean, this numbers like if if all seven and this is another one too. If all 17 million people who admitted to driving drunk in 2010 had their own state, it would have been the fifth largest in United States. That's that's insane. That's just insane. Like that that is bananas to me. Yeah. Or the highest percentage of drunk drivers involved in fatal crashes during 2010 was for driving ages between 21 to 24, which was 34% of them. Um, the ones that were between 25 and 34, it's 30%. And the ages between 35 and 44 was 25%. So as you can see, the higher percentage is between those 21 to 34 years old. Is that because that's where you, you would you say is that because people are still you know like developing at that age because we're not really you have the adult status but you're not really an adult just yet yeah i think you're exactly right i mean i'd have to look deeper into stuff as well but you know the younger you are the more i guess supermanish or superwoman i guess you feel you know you feel like it's not going to happen to you like you won't get caught you won't get in trouble you just want to be one of the, one of the guys, one of the gals, kind of just have a good time and not think about the consequences. I think at an older age, and you see the numbers go down, and admittedly so, because the older you get, the more responsibility you have. You know, whether it's family, whether it's buy a car, buy a house, or you buy something, you have assets, you have stuff that actually you need to take care of, and can lose it if you get in trouble for that kind of. Thing. So I think it's just the ability of, like you said. You know, your brain fully um, fully developed, I think, once you're at 25. So I think it's just the fact of your influence is peer pressure, uh, not having really responsibility yet, at least not having a lot of responsibility where you can actually weigh the consequences and be like, hey, you know, this might not be a smart idea. Why not just be smarter and stay home or get an Uber or do something like that? That would be my guess. That is so true, though, because the more responsibilities you have, the more you're going to be held back into like making any decisions or you're going to think of the consequences afterwards because it's kind of like you're tied down in one way or another. That is very true. And, exactly. and Jeff, you said you have talked to high schoolers so far. And I mean, at, at the end of the day in Albania, I'll be honest, we didn't really necessarily we have an 18 age of drinking, but it's not necessarily really practiced as it is here. So in Albania, like when I moved to America, uh, I saw my friends in high school because I moved here in my high school. I saw my friends drinking and I would hang out with them, but I would not drink because I feel like it was available to me at such a young age that I would just drink a beer or two. And then I was, plus I'm never like the person to drink and get drunk. They're just not me, but it's so un uncontrolled. Right. What, what advice or what steps, like what plan do you give to the high schoolers whenever you talk to them towards helping them be prevented to go to that stage? Well, it, and it, it's tough. So obviously with peer pressure, the younger you are, like once you hit probably I mean, 14, 15, but definitely 16, you know, peer pressure is so tough. Like, I mean, I just remember in high school, I, I, hung, I mean, it definitely depends on the kind of crowd you hang with you know, surround yourself with people that are, that are good people and, you know, make right decisions on, you know, right choices on a regular basis. But, you know, you just, you want to be a part of the, the eight crowd. You want to be a part of the cool, you know, the cool kids. So that's a little tough to get through to them, I'm pretty sure. But what I usually tell them is, hey, you know, I, obviously you're not 21 yet. You know, I'm not telling you that drink is okay, but 
you know, I, I was a high schooler as well. So I understand, you know, this stuff does happen. And, you know, if you want to go out, you know, obviously I would tell you not to obviously partake in it, but if you're around it, you know, just help that person out. Obviously if something's going to happen, make sure they have it right. Make sure, you know, maybe they're just staying at the house, wherever they're at. Make sure that if that you do do that, just, you know, have a plan. At the end of the day, just have a plan and execute the plan the best of your ability. I feel like a lot of people that get into these situations don't have a plan or it's a very loose plan. So they can go into a night thinking, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get a ride somehow. It's not two, three, four hours later, you know, you're having fun, you're dancing, you're, at, you're not thinking about anything else. Time to leave, grab your keys, get in the car. Boom. Hopefully you get home okay, but there might be that chance when you don't get home. Mm-hmm. You're in a lot of trouble. So I just tell them, hey, make a plan, think of consequences, you know, still have fun, do your thing, but think of consequences, have a plan, you know, try to make the best decision you can. You know, I'd rather someone be mad at me for being too conservative and too cautious instead of not being mad at me and being hurt, paralyzed, dead on that. So. Very um, true. And like you keep mentioning having a plan and being organized or just know you know knowing the next step and i kind of want to dive in a little bit more towards what you actually do in your life right now because you wanted to be a doctor and help others but because of life happened you actually changed careers so now you're into the uh, financial advising world you're you're young in your age and i'm sure you made mistakes in the past or mm-hmm. you've seen people make mistakes towards money managing or towards budgeting or if you were to also give the speech to this high schoolers besides to stop drinking what what kind of advice would you also give towards them learning more to towards the future of having a backup plan and towards financial management well again luckily i had a couple of my parents help me start some accounts when i was young which was nice but the key is to start saving as early as you can uh, and when you're young you really want to just you want to experience the pleasure now. So you want to, for the most part, most, most young people will want to buy now, experience joy, have a lot of fun, and worry about it later. What I would say is, you know, still do that, but definitely put some towards saving. You know, depending on what age you are, if you're a parent, guardian or whatever, it's time to get you an account. Start, you know, start, you know, a retirement account as soon as you can. Make sure you're able to put at least some percentage of, you know, maybe you're babysitting or um, when you're mowing lawns, being a lifeguard, then you start getting jobs, you know, and at a restaurant, a server, mm-hmm. doing stuff like that, you know, whether it's hourly minimum wage or whatever you're doing. But, um, you know, try to learn. You know, it's not exactly a sexy topic, if you will, especially when you're 18. You know, you don't want to just sit and look at finance stuff all day. But, you know, maybe learn, you know, just a little bit about what you might be able to put your money into and what you can put. Talk to some older people that, you know, have been successful. You know that have a lot of money or have the lifestyle that you want you mm-hmm. see someone or know someone that has a lifestyle that you want to get to you know obviously like you said i made my mistakes in my day in all as- aspects of life but my advice is just start as long as you can in terms of saving no matter how much it is and then learn from somebody that's that's done it before or you know learn as much as you can read books watch youtube you know financial things whatever you gotta do just at least get started and once you get older and you can get that person and that's so true then, like one of the best like money managing or just the concept of accounting that I would say out there too, because you didn't mention books. Um, I would say Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's one of the, you know, like when you see accounting books, sometimes there's so many formulas and sometimes right. 
cars that you're just, you know, your head explodes. <laughs> but Robert Kiyosaki did a really great job on his book too, towards kind of separating like assets and liability. So if anybody wants to read that book or just get the full concept of it, I think that would be really helpful towards long term as well for everyone. Yeah, definitely. And I, I was going to say, I've heard, again, I forget all the books, but you mentioned, but you have a very good list too. Let's say people are listening, Romina is a smart lady. So I would listen to her, whatever you do. So. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Now, Jeff, tell me a little bit more before we do jump into our last questions. Tell me, who is your uh, ideal client? I know we said Missouri, Kansas, and Ohio. Um, so, well, I mean, there's different approaches. I have a few different scenarios, but uh, ideally, if, well, one is if someone's, you know, you're in retirement. So within a few years of retirement, about to retire, you know, um, there's obviously things we can do to help with that. That's the first kind of person. Second would be someone that is either maybe about to have a kid, uh, recently married, someone that that would create a life insurance kind of event. Like myself, I recently just got married, so now I have someone that you know depends on me, and that she and I depend on her. So that is definitely like a life insurance event where you could see that it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, or if you just had a kid, obviously you want to plan for that as well. So you can use life insurance for different aspects in terms of covering, protecting in case of a premature death, or you know you can also for retirement savings as well. And then probably the last kind of one I would say would be someone that just switched jobs or looking to switch, mm-hmm. um, or someone that has an old and active 401k or 403b. That's something that you can roll into have more independent 401k or IRA type of account, um, as opposed to just being tied to the company in case people are looking to switch jobs later down the road, more control tied to their company. Um, so those would be the different kind of clients I would look for. Obviously there's any kind of client, someone just looking for help as well. Um, someone maybe just needing a retirement checkup or like, Hey, you know, am I doing the right stuff? This is what I should be doing. Do I need to do more? Do I need to do less? And, and, I, and I'm glad you mentioned um, on those two, because a lot of times people, when they, think, when they think of financial advisors, they just think of like retirement accounts. But I'm glad you actually mentioned up the life insurance too for any life events changes because you don't realize how much if you were to lose a job or if something is to happen to you, how much your family gets affected by it. And exactly. like emergencies don't ask for permission, I say all the time. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, and I know that is so true. Yes. Yeah. So uh, most of the audience doesn't know this, but uh, the reason like me and Jeff actually bonded right away. Um, I was in an accident myself back in 2017. I was rear-ended and I was in a, I was in a red light, like I was doing fine. And the girl that hit me, she was texting and driving and her dad was in the passenger seat on oxygen tube, like strictly, like straight out of the hospital. And I was rear-ended and I had to get a surgery for it. And emergencies don't ask for permissions. Like I know what that feels like. I know what that is. Like you have, you cannot, you can barely walk. You have to go to therapy, lose hours of work. You don't have the energy, you're in pain, plus the medication. So it's, it's yeah. a lot. So always, always have emergency money. Cash yes. is king. Always have emergency money because you don't know. God prohibit something happens right this second. Yep. How much cash can you have in hand right now? Like, don't, because a lot of people sometimes they just spend it on silly stuff that they don't need it. So, yeah. and you couldn't be more right. You know, it's good to have you know, at least three to six months, if not six to nine months of expenses saved up, like you said, because you're exactly right. Emergency does not ask for permission. You definitely want to be on the wrong end of that stick. Plus, the, um, the cheapest life insurance you can get is today, so. 
If yeah. you're in Kansas, Ohio, or Michigan, you know who to, you know who to contact. <laughs> amen. amen. <I> feel you. <laughs> awesome. Um, Jeff, what is a, a new and exciting project that you might be working towards as of right now? Professionally or personally? One, I got to actually talk to my lawyer, but back in late last year, early last year, we were actually come, trying to come up with a bill for the state of Kansas. It's one of the few states that does not have what's called dram shop, dram shop laws. I don't know if you or people. I'm not listen. familiar with that. Can you explain it for us? Yeah. So dram shop, an old English, old English term. It's for taverns. It's where bars or taverns or dram shops, as they will, they were actually held to some kind of liability for especially gross negligence of allowing people to drink enormous amounts, you know, just letting them walk out, which, you know, obviously it's a free country, do what you want. And that's great. With our bill that I was trying to get through, that got shot down, unfortunately, but we're going to look at legislative route. It's just holding the bar to some kind of account. You know, I'm not saying for people not to drink, not to, you know, go out and have fun, obviously. But, you know, if someone's getting fed 15, 20 shots, and then you watch them walk out the door, and don't offer them, hey, let's call you a taxi. Let's call someone you know. Let's get yeah. That's what we're kind of looking at, just being able to have some kind of liability for exactly, like, especially gross negligence like that. So um, you can't just over-serve someone and just let them walk out. Um, it's kind of tough to get through just because, you know, there's it's just a fine line of so many gray areas of, of yeah. what, you know, what, uh, what to do with people. But I don't. I don't think this is only for business for business owner or for bars. But honestly, like I, I don't know if I shared this story with you while we talked last time. Uh, my um, one of my neighbors downstairs whenever whenever I lived in another area, she her his girlfriend was over and she was really drunk. She like knocked on my door. They got into a fight. She was drunk and she asked me to drive her. She was halfway through drunk, for example, halfway through being drunk, but I could not drive her. So I actually got an Uber because I was just nice. Like, I was like, I cannot drive you. I'll get an Uber. But like, I want to kind of get to the point, like three years later, she ran into, uh, into the grocery store with my mom and she was just saying how her not driving drunk that night and somebody just standing up and helping her just to get an Uber to go home. She says she quit drinking. She got her life together, and now her and her uh, her daughter have their own house. So you wow. never know. And when my mom told me this a couple months ago, I was just wow. Like I just did that, and I told. <laughs> I remember telling the Uber driver, I said, "I have your license plate. She's drunk. You try to do something silly, I will find you." I said, huh. "I she." I said, "She's my cousin." He has no idea. Like this is the first time I met this girl. <laughs> 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 But wow. she knows my mom, so they ran into the grocery store in Publix down here. She was just saying, like, thank you so much to your daughter and everything. But what, what I'm trying to, to, to go to is you never know who you're helping out on how much their life is changing just by stopping them to do something silly or just by giving a hand for a moment, though. Exactly. Especially when you're under the influence. Like, you're, you're, you're clouded judgment. You're not you, – it's not the best – position to be to make a decision too especially getting on the car and driving i mean we read the facts you guys yeah exactly it's so true you, you never know the kind of impact you're gonna have yeah when my mom told me that i was like that is really cool i said i don't remember the lady i, I honestly don't i just remember the story like getting the uber i was like i don't if i see her i won't remember her but like such a thing like that affect somebody long-term so all my friends you out there if you want to be the dd the destination driver for the group, please don't drink. Or if yeah. you just want to drink only one beer the whole night, that's fine. 
depending exactly. on how much tolerance do you have. Have high tolerance or low to tolerance. But please take a taxi or an Uber or a Lyft because not only DUI will cost you an average of $10,000, but it will also may, may have a lot more effects long term. Yeah. I mean, Jeff could have been a doctor, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <could> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and just my, <laughs> my very final question, as we all know on RM Podcast FL, it's what is your personal definition of success? Oh, the definition of success, if I, if I had to pin it down again, it's obviously, I think it's very subjective, um, as you say, since it's, you ask it to everyone. I think it's just being able to wake up every day and knowing you're doing your best you can. Obviously, that's going to be different for everyone. Everyone has different jobs, different goals, different, different family situations, different lifestyle so the ability to wake up the ability to to be happy the ability to just again do what you love for a living i am such a huge fan of people that are able to do podcasts i mean not this is kind of off topic but i have a buddy that actually started a podcast a couple of years ago he was hit and miss with it but i love listening to podcasts i think that's great what you do yeah just getting up just being able to do what you do do what you love um, whether you make a lot of money make not much money Spend a lot of time around people. Don't spend a lot of time around people. Whatever makes you the happiest day, day out, you can say with 100% shadow without a doubt that you love what you do, that you're happy with what you're doing, you're exactly where you want to be. I think that's success. Uh, obviously, life's going to throw you curveballs, but be able to handle them. Again, they, they will come. It's how you handle them and how you dress yourself up. That is so... That is so true, though, because tomorrow is not promised and you never know what is to be expected. Ten minutes, exactly. or like, like the expression says, when you make plan, plans, God laughs. You never know what is to expect it, but if you enjoy it day in and day out and give yeah. your best, then you will know for a fact you're not gonna have regrets or you're not gonna, you know, say, "Oh, what if?" Because that's one of the hardest things that people have. Oh, what if I did this instead? Exactly, and you know, you don't want to play Monday morning quarterback, um, you know. But again, just. Do what you can. You know, you like you said, you can only control so much. You know, don't sweat the small stuff. Just enjoy the day to day and um, yeah, just live life to the fullest. Absolutely. Thank you so so much, Jeff, for being a part of RM Podcast FL. And where can uh, if people want to get a hold of you and just connect with you, especially if they live in your area or just want uh, want to become your clients or have a one on one, where can people get in touch with you? Through my email or probably my cell. I'll attach the information, absolutely. And then I'll attach the LinkedIn too because you're pretty active on LinkedIn towards yes. getting back to people right away. Yep, I'll I go am. ahead and attach all the information for the LinkedIn as well so you guys can absolutely get a hold of Jeff. And Jeff, thank you so, so much again for being a part of RM Podcast FL. Thank you so much for, I mean, I, I appreciate it. Love it. You're very welcome. And if all you, my dear listeners out there, if you want to listen to awesome episodes just like this one, make sure to tune into RM Podcast FL every Tuesday. And you can find us all on every major podcast platform. Whenever you get your podcast fix, you can find us there as well. Thank you guys. Have a good one.